welcome, 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 welcome. Episode 32. Episode 32. That's what I'll do. I'll just, I'll sing a different theme song every week over the top of my theme song already. Welcome back to the Just Joe podcast. Um, like I said, we're on 32 at this point. I don't even know. Is that an important thing for me to like bring that up every time? Or is it just like, hey, here's my episode with so-and-so? I don't know. I'm, I'm a person. I'm a numbers guy. I always like, you know, statistics and crazy things like that. So maybe it's just for me. I don't know. Guys, let me know the feedback. Last week's um, self-podcast, The State of the Joe, was a huge hit. Uh, I really appreciate everybody who reached out afterwards uh, on my socials and to my email to let me know how much it resonated with them and just give me support and stuff like that. It really um, solidified that I definitely want to do this going forward. So in the coming weeks, we'll get another uh, chapter out. I'm going to outline like certain parts of this journey of mine that will will hit on like relationships, career, uh, panic disorder, more in depth, you know, fitness, all these different things, you know? So I want to, I want to do that. But this week we got a guest. We got a really cool guest. Uh, I stumbled upon this guy. Well, we stumbled upon each other in the world of Twitch. We all, it's kind of cross pollination all the time where, uh, you know, artists are checking out other artists. We raid, so like, say if I get done with a show or some, one of my streams and I have a couple hundred people watching me, we can take all of those viewers and go raid another channel, take all my viewers and bring them inside somebody else's channel. It's just a way to keep populating, uh, cross pollinating, you know, um, and making friends, you know, that's the, one of the coolest things about Twitch, which hopefully me and Tyson will be able to get into here. His name is Tyson Leslie, as I was just giving it away. Um, he is a keyboard player in a band from the 80s, an all-girls rock, hard rock band called Vixen. He's the only male in the band. Uh, we're going to talk about his journey into that band because, I mean, I had a crush on Janet, the singer, the original singer way back in the day, and Roxy, the drummer. Good, good. So I want to talk about Vixen. We're going to talk about his uh, career because it's been a storied one, and this guy seems to know fucking everybody so he he intrigues me so i reached out to him and we've been trying to team up and get to this so we're finally here so everybody please welcome my good buddy tyson west oh man all right took so long oh, it's all i'm dude i just dropped it on you like you know like, hey you want to do this now yeah sure whatever i'm in the middle of a bunch of shit but whatever it's all live rolls. I was like literally running. I'm like, holy shit, it's Monday. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's Monday already. How did it's Monday already? And last week, the weekend flew by it's way too fast. So, have you, uh, have you done any live gigs and stuff? Have you started doing those? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to do some here and there. Uh, but I mean, in New York is like, we're, we got the Gestapo up here. <laughs> That's what, yeah, I have some friends up there. They're telling me that it's very slow yeah. compared to a lot of the other parts of the country. It is, but I mean, uh, our, our governor announced today that he's pulling back a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, the, the pressure's kind of on. It's like, dude, come on. People got to start making yeah. money, you know? Because, <laughs> I mean, everybody else is in the country, so it's like, and you guys have more people in your little spot than a lot of people, you know, I mean, right. especially New York City and stuff, you know, than, so. 
yeah, but, but I mean, it's been but, interesting talking to guys like Kenny Friedman, some of the other streamers up there, you know, and, uh, just kind of where they're at with everything in, I'm, in New York. And, I mean, where I'm at right now is like, I mean, Twitch is doing very well for me. So it's like my, my whole thing, even before COVID was like to, to, uh, to start, I was going to go to Twitch seven months before anything. And I was going to like, when do I have time to get over there and start working on building that thing that I had all the time in the world. So. Well, you built pretty fast. I mean, I don't know when you started, but a year ago, you know, like, okay. See, I didn't start really doing a hundred percent with Twitch until January. Um, up until then I was pretty much mostly on Facebook and that was because I was making more money there and, and Twitch was such a slow grow at first. And I was like, man, and everybody just, it took, it took a few people to talk me into it. And I was finally like, okay, fine. And then it also, you know, Facebook would just shut my streams down. I'd be like in the second song and all of a sudden yeah. it's just nothing. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. And then I realized it was copyright stuff and all that started kicking yeah. in, you know, a little more hardcore. And so I was like, okay, I guess, I guess this is the universe telling me it's time to make the yeah. change. It's time to make it. I've been recording this whole thing. So my, my producer will edit oh. all this stuff anyways, but I mean, we're getting good nuggets here. So, but I mean, I, 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 I introduced you anyways, as you know, Tyson Leslie. And I mean, I'm what you're most known for where I first, you know, learned. And when I met you kind of, I've never met you in person, but like, was like, wow, you're the keyboardist in Vixen. I'm like, wait a minute. You're like the only dude in Vixen was like, what a fucking great gig that is. But then I dig down the, that is a pretty great gig. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great gig. But then I dig down the rabbit holes. I'm starting to prep for like having you on my, uh, on here. And I'm seeing that. I mean, you've been a side guy for people like Tracy Lawrence, Paul Gilbert, yeah. uh, Corey Taylor, when Corey had his, what was the name of that band? He, he had his like, yeah, like his band name ever. Right. It was <laughs> the, the junk beer kidnap band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was that. So I'm like, wow, man. And then I just keep our past, you know, these mutual friends of ours in the business. And I'm like, dude, this guy knows everybody. Like how, first of all, how did I never meet him when I was out and about, you know, maybe we crossed paths. Yeah. We just didn't know. I was it. thinking the same thing, kind of looking at your stuff. Cause I was talking to somebody the other day and, uh, I don't even, Oh, it was Jeremy Barber. And he yeah. said something about you knowing one of the anthrax guys. And I don't remember which anthrax guy. Oh, and then you were, and I were talking about, talking about Rob, you know, with <laughs> Bobby the other day when I was on yeah. there, watching your show. It's Rob, but then like, Joey, all those guys. Yeah. But Joey, Joey's from Syracuse. He's from my hometown. Right. So Joey I know, and I, I'm going to call him up when I come up and do yeah. the gig and tell him to come hang out with us all. <laughs> I love Joey's a great hang. Like I met Joey years. We're speaking of Joey Belladonna from, um, from anthrax. I mean, he grew up in uh, Oswego, New York, which is about 40 minutes from Syracuse. And then he got the gig in anthrax. And it wasn't until years later. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's from Syracuse. And they're like, yeah, he lives in you know, yeah. the other side of town. So, 
him and I became like mutual admirers and then we never spoke and then we finally met each other and I'm like hey I'm Joe and he's like I'm Joe you know you and like we just immediately struck up a friendship one of the most sure. cool down to earth dudes and the coolest thing I like about Joey is that like Joey and I play the same circuit up here because when Joey's not on the road with Anthrax he's got a he's got a bar band you know, so like, yeah, you know, and he plays drums and sings the yeah. hell out of that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's it's great. And some people, I hate it when people like knock him out. Like, oh, he's, look at him, he's in Anthrax, and now he's home playing a bar in front of like twenty people. It's like, no, that's what that's like. The guy that's that what a real ride. musician does. That's what he does. He <laughs> does it because he loves it, and you know, that's right. I mean, I've seen him get off the plane here in Syracuse and have a gig that night. He just played in front of fifty thousand people in, like, you know, yep. South America. I've done the same thing, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so I don't care. Like, I just want to play. That's all that matters. <laughs> so let's let's go back because I mean, obviously, there's a lot of we mentioned some big names, and and I'm talking different genres of music. You know, so how. How the hell, like, in a, can you, in a microcosm, take yourself, how the fuck did you get where you are now? That's, like, that's a huge thing. Like, people want to, I want to know that. So, like, try to give me the most yeah. condensed version that you can get, you know? All right. Well, um, I think, you know, I was in a band called Pomeroy in the Midwest, and we toured all over the universe in a band and trailer, you know, and smelling each other's farts and sharing <laughs> peanut butter and, you know, because we were broke and doing all that stuff and going all over the universe. And we ended up uh, playing a show and um, <clears throat> the, the, this was kind of jumping into how I got into the bigger gigs, I guess. We did a show in Iowa City, Iowa, and we opened up for this, or we didn't open up, we showed up early and we were going to load in and there was already this band in there. They were playing and it was a metal band and we we're like, man, are we in the right place? And, you know, and we showed, we got in there and we watched them and they were really, really good. It's a band called Destrophy and their drummer uh, is a Des Moines guy and his, um, you know, and, uh, happened to be friends with the whole Corey Taylor camp and all that stuff. And uh, essentially, we remained friends because I just love that band that we watched. And so I remained friends with the drummer and the singer. And then, um, I don't know, it was a couple of years later when we were starting to kind of wind down as a band and everything like that. And Ryan calls me and goes, Hey man, I got a possible gig for you. Um, we've got this weird stoner rock band here in Des Moines that we're trying to put together and get off the ground. And I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> that didn't really sound that appealing to me because I'm not really into that kind of stuff that much. But, I mean, I like some of it, but anyway, long story short is, uh, you know, Corey Taylor was the guitar player. He wasn't even the singer. He was the guitar player. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, well, yeah, come check it out. And I checked it out, and I thought the music was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good, and it was weird, and it was kind of like – a bad Mr. Bungle, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, and so we, I went and did a couple rehearsals with him and I just, I remember telling our saxophone player because we had, we had one. Saxophone player? On oh, yeah, well, okay. Then. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when I was on my way home and I was like, I called Tommy and I was like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm really into this. Like, I, I, I love Slipknot and I love Corey. He's a really funny guy and all that stuff. But, the music is just kind of lame and I'm just not sure. If I, and so anyway, um, a few weeks go by and Ryan calls me back and goes, okay, check this out. We're scrapping everything that we were doing and we are just going to be Corey's backup band for his solo project. And I was like, okay, that sounds like it might be a little more up my alley. Send me the song. He sends me the songs. They're great songs. I was like, okay, 
now I'm on. Yeah, right. let's do this. This is going to be great. And so we do a handful of shows together, a bunch of festivals. But because of who he is, um, you know, we get on these metal festivals with Fire Finger Death Punch and, you know, Seven Death Rolling Bands. And we open up with Let's Go Crazy by Prince. And, and the music that he plays in his solo stuff at the time was way more Rolling Stones than it was Slipknot or Stone Sour. So the yeah. audiences were like, Ooh. <laughs> they just had to know what to do with this. But we had a really good time with it. And um, so eventually that went on for a couple of years uh, and then just kind of dissipated, you know, like it was it just the timing wasn't quite right for him to put out a solo band or a record. I mean, the record that just came out a few months ago was the record he was trying to put out 10 years ago. Yeah. That I, never came out. I, I, I was, I was watching a uh, interview with him recently and I was like, man, I know, I know through the channels that this record's been kind of sitting there for a long time. So it's like, now here it is, yeah. you know, but and it's funny. Only one of the songs that we played back then made it on the record. And, uh, and everything else was brand new or well new to me anyway, you know? And, um, so anyway, after that disappeared, I got into doing pianos because I was like, well, I need a, I need a gig. So I started working at Howl at the Moon in Kansas city. And, uh, I did that for a few years and I was just, I was burned out at that point. Like after a few years of that, it was 2015 and I, played every possible venue that I'd ever wanted to play, you know, in that town and did everything. I could, you know, I played with all my heroes growing up and all that stuff. And, uh, I was just like, what am I going to do with myself? I, I, and I played an original show. One of my shows with my band, my song. And I was just like looking at the watch going, man, it's just, I want to be done. <laughs> and so I knew that that was kind of a sign. Like I got to change something. And then out of the blue in, February of that year of 2015, Rich Redmond, the drummer for Jason Aldean, a buddy of mine, just called me out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him in years. And he goes, hey, man, I, um, I got a project I think you'd be really good for. You know, would you uh, be interested in coming out to Nashville and checking it out? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he's like, so it's like a hundred, you know, a hundred bucks a gig, band and trailer. I know it's kind of not great startup. I was like, dude, I'm like 40 years old. I got, you know, three kids. I, I did that in my twenties. I can't do that again. Right. It's terrifying. When someone says that to me now, I'm like, no man, like you, you can't pay me enough to do that again. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, I had a great time, but man, you know, that doesn't pay the bills anymore when you're in your forties and you got kids and stuff. So I was like, what else you got? And he's like, well, I want you to sit there and I want you to take a minute. Um, tell me, you know, what, like, what do you want to do with your career? What are you trying to accomplish? And so I called him back and I was like, man, I kind of want to be doing what you're doing before I'm too fat and old. And nobody cares. And, you know, all that stuff. And he's like, well, you got to come to Nashville. You got to move here. You got to be present to win. Yeah. And that was, the, that was kind of the, that was the, the sentence that made me go, Oh, all right. Well, that makes sense. And so, um, so I, I moved. You moved and, to Nashville, which is like, at, 
at that age to move and go into a town where like there's just fucking players everywhere and guys yeah. are coming in at like 20 years old they'll be like yeah I'll, I'll do it for 20 bucks a night and blah 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 and go out on the road so like you knew that like you, you knew you had the chops but you you knew you had your work cut out for you basically right I, well, I, I didn't. I didn't know anything about it, so I came out here, and I checked, and I went to a couple things. I secured a job at a dealing piano place here, and then I went and I called Rich that, that weekend. And I was like, "Hey, what? It's Monday. Like, is there anything to do?" He's like, "You got to come down to a place called the Exit Inn." And so I went. Yeah, I love the Exit. Well, it's not there anymore. They yeah. closed, right? No, it's still open. Okay, they fought God. and they managed to keep it open. So. Yeah. And so I went down there and they were having what was called the Nashville drummers jam. And I didn't know what that was, but I look out there and every like drummer that plays for every major artist, Taylor Swift and, you know, Florida Georgia line and everybody that's huge in the business. And they're all playing police music for four hours. It's a tribute to Stuart Copeland. And I'm like, Holy crap, this is amazing. And so it's all like the best players in town just playing four hours of the police, like really, you know, for free, this is incredible. So, um, that's kind of what made me go, okay, I, I really want to be a part of this. You know, I want to be a part of this world. And, um, so we came back, I uh, came back home and my wife and I were kind of in transitional time trying to figure out what we were doing with our lives anyway. It's like, let's try it. Let's see what happens. So we moved here in June of 2015 and three months later I was on a tour bus with Tracy Lawrence playing country music for the first time <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I know you, you, you and, uh, I was going through your YouTube channel. I'm like, wait, Tracy Lawrence. And it's like, I always cover that. I cover that. I mean, his big hit, you know, like I, I yeah, cover that yeah, song, yeah. a buddy of mine, like every time he walks in the bar, he wants to see your time marches on. And I see that I'm like, fuck, he plays Tracy Lawrence. I'm like, I love yeah. that tune. You know, like, Hey man, gigs a gig, bro. You know? Yeah. And, I, and honestly, like when it was weird because I got the call for that, uh, I went to lunch with the drummer, with Tracy's drummer one day. Um, and he just happened to mention, well, we need a keyboard player. I'm like, well, you're sitting with one right now. He's like, oh, I didn't think you'd want to do that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm new. I'll, I'll take whatever. He's like, well, if you think you can do it, here's the, you know, here's the guy to call. And I called you know, his uh, music director and he's like, send me some videos. So I sent old Pomeroy video. He's shredding out in front of, Bunch of cr- and setting my keyboards on fire and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and he calls me back. I was in, watching my friend Samantha Fish uh, play, and I see his my phone light up with his number, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta take this." And he goes, "Dude, you got the gig." And I was like, "Oh, He's like here's 28 songs in the Dropbox. Um, we meet at Tracy's house. I'll see you next Friday. Just show up, be ready. We're going to uh, the Surf Ballroom in Iowa." I was like, "No way! I love that. Like that place is legendary. You know yeah. where." Like that's it, the, the big bopper, the scene of you know the day the music died. Yeah, like, that's, that's where that legendary. And, and so like there's 28 songs, no rehearsal. You'll meet Tracy right before we go on stage. Okay, no pressure, <laughs> dude. That is that. Is, there's nothing like the only other person that I know in my life that ever had to get thrust into a situation like that which is like, this is like these people that go to shows and watch like, you know, someone like Tracy Lawrence or Corey Taylor or somebody like they don't think about the side guys that are over there, you know? And it's like, man, some of these guys, like it doesn't mean they're actually in the band. They just like, some of them got called and like, Hey, can you be here tomorrow? Here's the set list. And my drummer, my second drum, my second drummer in brand new sin, 
after the band imploded, you know, and all that stuff. And one day I called him because him and I were running in this, I was working at this rock camp for kids one summer and I called okay. him and, yeah. and he wasn't, he wasn't answering. I'm like, dude, fucking tomorrow. I have no information on this. What's going on with rock camp tomorrow. And he finally calls me back. He's like, dude, I'm sorry. It's been a crazy day. I'm like, what's the matter? He's like, well, I'm in Chicago. I'm like, well, dude, tomorrow you gotta give me back. He's like, no, I'm gonna, I gotta, I, I'm playing with heart for the next f- f- six days. I'm like, heart. Nice. I'm like, the fucking band heart and yeah and i'm like right. how the fuck did you end up there and he's like I, I can't even tell you now he goes i just had to learn their entire set list and he goes i'm not even going to meet the wilson sisters until i get on stage in front of fucking ten thousand yep. people i'm like dude so like <laughs> i mean what goes through your mind when when something like that i mean you got to be nervous as fuck but at the same time it's like man well, i gotta walk the walk too. i was really nervous because like a band like heart at least i would have known like their hit songs all right like yeah with tracy lawrence when he was popular i was listening out and chains and tool of 311 <laughs> shit like that i wasn't listening to tracy lawrence i didn't right. know any of his songs none of it even his biggest hits i had no idea what they sounded like at all and so um, he sends me the board tapes of, of you know, previous tours. That's just how I'm going to learn the show is listen to what Scott's playing, play what Scott plays or get close as you can. And I'm listening to this guy play and I'm like, I can't play like this to save my <laughs> life, but I'm sure going to try. Cause I, like I've never played this kind of hockey talk piano shit. Like I, I can play piano pretty well. I, you know, but not like that. That's a completely, that's like going, Oh, here's a jazz gig. Learn all these like weird chords and have them ready by next week. Like it was, so I just you know locked myself in my apartment and pissed off my neighbors for a, you know a week and just sat there and crammed and crammed and crammed. Wrote charts, rewrote charts, you know, and stuff like that, and got as close as I could. And um, so yeah, we you know we show up in Des Moines or wherever that is out there in Iowa. It's pretty close to Des Moines, right. and. Um, and sure enough, you know, he's not even there. He comes in a separate bus cause he's on a hunting trip, like, <laughs> which is typical. He finally shows up. He's like, nice to meet you. you know, and he's like, well, are you ready? I was like, yeah. He's like, All right. We're on a five. Let's just, you know, we did. I was like, okay, cool. And I was just shit my pants and trying to go, well, here it is. And you know, it's now or never, I guess, you know, uh, hopefully this work paid off. Yeah. Like, and, um, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that first show went pretty good, and um, and I, you know, so we did about a month out together, and that, and then I had a bad show, like a, like I had a bad day personally, like in my, in my personal life, and and my head just wasn't in the game, and this song, this ballad came up, and I started the ballad, and I couldn't remember for just saved my life. Oh, I had no. a gun in my head, and I couldn't remember how it started. Like all of a sudden I just drew a complete blank. And that's kind of the part of the problem with the way the country music works in a way, if you're new, like you play a couple shows and you're off all week and then you play a couple shows and there's a weekend warriors. We're not out right. there touring like, you know, several days in a row. So all these days off to, you know, and I, looking back, I should have, those days off working on the material right. it's almost like uh, it would be my, yeah. like when you're on the road i tell people when you're on the road you all of a sudden get in this groove when you're playing like six seven shows a week and and you're doing it for weeks at a time all of a sudden you go on almost to autopilot but if you're taping those yeah. days off man that autopilot kind totally. of gets shut off you know it does so I couldn't, I'm looking at the guitar player and he's looking at me like, you going to start the phone? I can't remember how to phone. Oh my God, oh no, and I don't know how to tell him like, can you do some, do something to refer? And I, and I'm clear across on the other side of the stage. It's a big stage, you know? So 
And so they're all just looking at me like, I don't know, like, oh, geez, I don't know what to do right now. And I, so I just kind of start tinkering around in the key of F, and the guitar player starts playing his part, and we're in the wrong parts, and we're, we're going to train Rex. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have this gig after this. And, you know, I get off stage, and Tracy looks at me like, boy, that was a rough one. And I'm like, I know, I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> and so that was a Friday night. And then Saturday night, I had a great show. I was like, I'm not going to have two shows like that in a row. I, I did my homework. I really, you know, went over everything. And, um, but by Sunday, you know, when we pulled back at the house, I knew that that gig was over. And Joe pulled me aside after we got, I don't know, got there. And he's like, boss ain't happy. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I understand. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the, uh, opportunity. the, the opportunity and, and all that stuff. And it's all good. And I went home with my tail between my legs going, shit, man, I've already lost the first kick that, it, you know, like I'm here three months. I feel I've already felt like I cut in front of all these people that have been here for years trying to get a gig like that. Yeah. And I'm already fired. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is terrible. You know, and we have these big jams here in, in Nashville every month. And, I, and one was coming up and I knew everybody, how's the gig going? You know, and the first guy I run into <laughs> at the jam was Taylor Swift's drummer. He's like, dude, how's the Tracy gig going? I'm like, I don't I already don't have it. <laughs> and he's like, and I, and I was so embarrassed. And I was like, man, and he goes, look, man, Look around this whole room, and it was all full of A-list players and all this shit, you know. And he's like, everybody in this room, I guarantee you, everybody has been fired from a gig. You just got it out of the way early. <laughs> well, there's one. There's your not, like, that's your okay. notch in your bedpost. You're like, all right, cool. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Now, now let's get going. Now now you got that out of the way. Let's like, do it. I got fired from ta- from Lady Annabella. Right? Look where I'm at now. I'm playing in Taylor's band. I moved up. I was like, yeah, you did. You know, like, okay. And the second guy I ran into had a real similar story. So I felt better, you know. And um, But at that point, so I went back to just playing at the piano bar for a little while. And then um, about a year later, Tom Keeper's guitar player, um, Tony, called calls me while I'm pulling out of a Target. <laughs> and he goes, hey, man, Sharon uh, Ross from Vixen's looking for a keyboard player that can do tour managing duties. Do you think you could handle those things? And I was like, uh, yeah. Have you ever, have you ever like tour that. managed or was this from your... I tour managed with Pomeroy, but not to a scale of like what, you know, maybe Vixen needs. But I definitely learned a long time ago, like, say yes and apologize later. You know, like, I'll yeah, absolutely. this out. <laughs> That's all. Get, so, get, the, get the band's rider. Advance yeah. the show, yeah, that, get them fucking yeah. paid. If you can do those three things, the other stuff will fall in line, you know, right? Yeah, totally. And, you know, so, and a lot of it's pretty easy, you know, like everybody, you know, because we have a travel agent, so I don't have to worry about hotels and I don't have to worry about um, flights and stuff like that because she takes care of all that stuff. And so exactly what you said is my job. I look at the writer, I go, okay, I make sure that all of the stuff is there because none of us travels with anything except for our guitar player brings a guitar. Our bass player doesn't even bring a bass. She's just like, I need a center of bass with, you know, that's not active. Okay, cool. And uh, Roxy needs, you know, this kind of drum kit with these with these sizes and these symbols because she's endorsed with this company. And, and then Brittany needs, you know, Fender or Marshall stacks and it's easy, you know? So, um, so I just check and make sure all that stuff, I just follow up with the venue, make sure they have everything we need. Um, and make sure that all our hotels and stuff are good and all that. And, and then, then, uh, 
and then I play, I play songs. <laughs> and then you play songs, and then you get off stage, you get yourself paid, and you're like, all right, cool, we can go. That's, I mean, that's a yeah, cool thing. Yeah, you know what, that the other thing that's kind of fun is they go do all their photo shoots and all that stuff. I'm like, bye. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the hotel and watch Netflix or something. I don't have to do all that stuff. So that's kind of fun because well, but it is I mean, it is funny. Like it, I mean, everyone thinks Vixen. They think of the four girls, you know, and they and then yeah. and every once in a while, there's this photo, and there's like, who, who's the who's the little Asian guy that's in the middle? <laughs> that's a keyboard player. It's fucking Tyson. It's like, oh shit, yeah. there's a dude in there. Yeah, that that their sound needs that keyboard. You know, that's a, that's yeah. a very integral for, part of it. You know, and the reason that they've I was wondering why do you always get a male keyboard player? How come you don't get a girl to kind of round out the whole girl thing? It's like because we need somebody to be the bad guy. Uh-huh. Like we need somebody when when creepy guys are being weird. Like hey, I need a cream puff. That's the code word. Like hey, I need a cream puff operator. I like that means get either get the girls out or get this guy the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, that's. So, that's 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 smart. That's smart on their part. I mean, shit. They've been doing. They've been doing a long time. Roxy and Roxy's the a long time. Roxy's the. <laughs> is she the only original one left from the uh, origi- Roxy and Cher? Our oh, that's right. Player and our drummer. That's right. She was. Yeah. She was in it too. And then you know they've had different guitar players. And then and then Jan died in 2013 of that's cancer. Right. And then uh, Janet, our our other, you know, the, the singer that everybody you know knew, she left. Oh, uh, January of like right. Uh, was that last year? I guess it was last year, twenty twenty. Yeah, what's like that right at the turn of the, the new year? No, two years ago because we've done we did a whole year with Lorraine. It, it, it's so weird with the COVID thing, like to try to remember stuff because last year <laughs> kind of was didn't last count. year. Was it? No, no. Yeah, and so I mean twenty nineteen. Uh, we did our first year out with Lorraine Lewis from Femme Fatale. She took over for Janet. And uh, it's been it, great, man. Like, was there was there a better, more suitable replacement than grabbing her? And seriously, it was there, like, there honestly really, wasn't. And I, and we we so Janet had this weird like brain thing that happened. It wasn't an aneurysm, but it was something similar to that um, that happened in February of 2019. And um, so we and we had one show on the books we had to do like, I don't remember, but we just contractually, we had to do that show. So Lorraine came in and filled in for us. She did great. And, um, and I remember thinking, man, those are two very different voices. I don't know if this is going to work. Cause uh, you listen to Femme Fatale. She's way more raspy than Janet was, Yeah, but she came in and just did a fucking great job. And so when it came time to replace her, um, I guess that was 2018. Sorry. Um, that, um, I was like, please be Lorraine <laughs> because I remember hearing them throw a couple of other names around. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll quit the band. If that, if that woman gets in the band, cause you, you know, they, like there's, there was a couple of people that I was just like, I knew personally. I was like, I will not do that. <laughs> what, what, and so when it turned out to be Lorraine, I was like, thank God. <laughs> what, what a, what a crazy little journey you had. And I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with this whole, the side guy thing for years, you know, cause I watched all their bands that we toured with and I'm like, 
Well, they're like, well, that's the only guy in the band that's got a record deal. Everybody else is, you know, hired guns or, yeah. you know, brawl along. And I, there's, there's, you'd be surprised how many, like, you know, once I went down that road, I realized how many huge bands who've had lineups for long times. There's only like Bon Jovi's like, it's, it's just Bon Jovi. It's yeah. in the band. All the other dudes are hired guns and same with like, yeah, at this point, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, Healy McDonald's a buddy of mine, and it's just it's funny to listen to. And the other thing that's interesting, a lot of people don't know, that Hugh played bass on all of those original Bon Jovi records. It wasn't, uh, was it Tico, Tico or whoever yeah. it was? It took over. It wasn't him. It was Hugh McDonald, you know, but he just, but he looked like a grandpa. And it, but even back then, he just didn't have the look and the whole thing. So right. for whatever reason, he wasn't in the band until he's, until they fired the other guy and, and they brought Hugh in, you know, but you noticed that he was like me, he's not in the pictures, no. you know, in the videos, they barely show him. They're usually like, don't show him. <laughs> right. I mean, so it's, it's, you'll it's, get a little glimpse of him. That's it's a whole, it. it's a whole world. I mean, Jason hook, who was in, was in five yeah, finger and yeah. he made that movie called hired gun, which was like, it was, yeah. like, I tell everybody go watch this because it's fascinating because you're going to, going to look back on God and basically look at these guys that had this gig with Billy Joel for all these years who thought we were in the band. We're never really in Absolutely. the band, you know, it's but funny you bring that up. Cause I got a call from Derek St. Holmes today. Cause my phone, when he, when my phone rings, with his number stranglehold oh, place nice. and then stuck in my head all day. <laughs> is it the rippers? It, me. it should be the pick slide. <laughs> There's a yeah. pick slide that lasts like no. three minutes. Like, but we went and saw that movie in the theater and he was there. And so every time Derek would come up on screen, the whole theater was cheering for him. It was so funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a fascinating world, but I mean, that's just goes to show you the business. And, uh, you know, I got to meet a guy. I mean, we all know who Lee Sklar is. I mean, Lee fucking yeah. bass player Supreme and, and a couple of years ago, I watched Toto play here in Syracuse and nice. we're sitting there and I'm sitting there with a bunch of music geeks, you know, we're all musicians. And I'm like, dude, between, and Lee was playing with Toto at the time. I go between Lee Sklar and, yeah. and, 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 and Steve oh Lokather and that band, I go, right. how many fucking Everybody. songs have they played? Yeah. And we, we researched right. it and then we talked to somebody with Toto and they're like, those dudes have collectively between the two of them played on like, like 2,200 fucking charting songs. I'm like, and I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, those are the ones they're credited for. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, totally. What? I mean, I've done some gigs with a guy named Dan Huff here in town, you know, and, um, and I brought him on one of my shows. I do these shows called rare hair and we just throw a whole buttload of musicians together and play a bunch of deep cut hair metal music. And Dan was in a band called giant back in the day. Yeah. But, you know, I see Dan played, you in my yeah, yeah that, I love that. But Dan's also played on every Shania Twain record. He played on <laughs> Bad by Michael Jackson. He played on Simply the Best by Tina Turner. He played on fucking Celine Dion's Heart. My Heart Will Go On. Like he's played on everything. His like his discography is mind blowing. It's just as impressive as those other two guys. Right. And that, <laughs> so to be in his presence oh. is like whoa. <laughs> it, it's like those guys that like that thought they played on their records in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Like they were like being rock star and then they left the studio and then Steve Lukather came in and played all the guitar parts yeah, and the totally. solo. And they're like, they're like he and Steve, Steve would be like, I can't even begin to tell you how many, cause I lost count, yeah. you know, how many oh, fucking no albums kidding. I played on, you know, but I mean, yeah, what, no, what a I mean, fascinating he world. That too. He's like, I play, I'll sometimes I'll be in the grocery store and I'll hear something. And they'd be like, well, that's a good song. And then my wife will be like, you played on that. Song. Like I did. 
No, it's a fascinating hilarious. it's a fascinating world that you live in, and you've you've dipped your toe, and you know you've more than dipped your toe, and you've you you've gotten into this world that like it's uh, it's it's a way to make a living in the business without becoming like this huge rock star. And there's advantages and disadvantages to it. There's one it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get paid regardless of what is going on. But at the same time, I could get a call tomorrow and be like, yeah, well, thank you for your services. And we were just, totally move, can. Move it, yeah. and, you know, and your gig's <laughs> gone in two seconds. So there's, there's pluses and minuses to it. Of course. Yeah. Like Taylor Swift is an example or uh, Tim McGraw who both decided, uh, Look, um, uh, we're going to change up the whole thing and fired everybody <laughs> except for like maybe one or two people. And so everybody's all of a sudden out of a gig. Yeah. That happens a lot, especially here in this town. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, that's, that's what you do. I mean, but within the network that you build, you know, you know, when you lose those gigs and they're, they're heartbreaking or, you know, uh, it's like, crap, yeah. you know, what am I going to do now? But like, you've built this, you know, friendship amongst all these cats in town and y'all like, Hey man, I'm looking for a gig. And like, you, you find something. Is it going to be a Taylor yeah, Swift gig? Sure. May not, but you know, Hey, gig's a gig, you know, it's, but at the same know. time, like being with Dixon has allowed me to become friends and, and, and start networking with all these people that used to hang on my wall when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? So like last night on Twitch, I, I do interviews every Sunday with my favorite, you know, my friends. So we had two of the guys from kicks on last night. And then last week we had Eric Brittingham from Cinderella, you know, all that stuff. And, and like in a million years as a kid, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't <laughs> have believed that I'd be like, actually like I could just call up, you know, Troy from Tesla or, you know, on various other, I don't want to be like a ridiculous name dropper, but you know what I mean? No, like absolutely. Like I mean, this these is what people this is that used to influence me and that made me who I am are now my friends, you yeah. know, or, or going to record in the studio with Michael Wagner, um, with Vixen, who produced like everything, everything that I grew up with. He just retired, right? He just announced his retirement. He I did, thought. like on his 70th birthday. I was like, damn. So I'm actually thinking about doing like a um, kind of a tribute show to him <laughs> and putting a show together where we're just playing all of, you know, his catalog, like songs from his docket and great white jesus the his catalog is deep skid, skid, skid row freaking yeah you know, oh my it's god that dude's done everything ozzy <laughs> so holy cool. crap that guy is i mean it's it's those and are it's so fun to sit around and eat sushi and listen and tell stories it's great i, I can imagine man you know i've i've had cats you know that I know that live in Nashville or have lived in Nashville. They don't live there anymore. And, and, and it's all that same thing. You once you, you're down in that scene and all of a sudden you become friends with the people and it's like, man, just freaking sitting and listening to some of these stories. And one of my friends yeah. told me, she doesn't live there anymore. This was years ago, but she was friends with Michael. And she told me that he took her in to the studio when I, he went down and she, he played her tapes of outtakes of Sebastian Bach. <laughs> On yeah. the Skid Row records, oh, like the painful like, ones. Yeah, he's like man. <laughs> the ones he, that go. Wait a minute, that's not as good as I sounded. Right, right. He's like, this is <laughs> this is what I do for a living. He says, you know, yeah. and he goes. And back then, he was taking tape and oh, slicing it together. Dude. He was there was no Pro Tools or nothing. I just I was just talking to a, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's from this area, and he uh, he's been in the business a long fucking time, and he's actually fell ass backwards into becoming one of the biggest artists in like India. You know, he fell, won, oh, a wow. won a Grammy award with this guy doing a world record out of India. And, and but he goes oh, way right. back and he has his friend that he does a duo with here in town is this was a singer that took over in Badlands after Ray Gillen 
left and all yeah. that shit. So, but we got yeah. talking about, and now he owns a studio, but we got talking about that same thing. Like, like, man, people don't, these kids that are learning how to record now, they're like, it's so easy. Do you understand? Like somebody That's had to like so cut tape and like, they're like, what do you yeah. mean? And I'm like, yeah, you had to splice fucking Sorry, tape. my daughter is making lots of noise good. in the background. That's okay. <laughs> my daughter would be, you normally, she'd be in here too, but I don't have her today, but it's, it's such, it's such an interesting world. And I had, I wanted to say this early in the podcast and don't take this the wrong way, but people like you that can play every fucking instrument and play it so well, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, man. Like when I watch you and I'm watching play and I'm like, man, he, he plays that. Oh God, he can play that too. It's like, but have you here? Here's a question. Was, did you just play every instrument growing up or is that something like, Hey, I no. think, I, or do you have the ability to just like, Hey, I'm going to pick that up and I can play uh, that instrument. With string instrument. If it's got strings, I can usually figure it out. Yeah. So, um, I started out on piano, which I think was a, you know, really good foundation. Yes. Uh, my, you know, my mom made me, go up the street to this lady and took you know, classical lessons. So I, I spent time playing Mozart and doing all that kind of stuff until I discovered Motley Crue and Quiet Riot and Twisted Sister. I was like, wait, guitar's a lot cooler than this piano <laughs> thing. So I, I, so I, I, I won this talent contest in Greeley, Colorado, where I was living at the time. And with the $100 I got, I went and bought my first guitar and just taught myself how to play that thing and how to tune it and all that stuff. And, you know, and uh, just trying to figure out how, how it works. without any YouTube videos that which kids nowadays, that's, okay, you can pick yeah, up an instrument true. and teach yourself, but like you're like, you had to sit down and do it the hard and old school way, you know? Yeah. Something you know, to be said about player that. For the practicing musician magazine, looking at tabs, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, slowing down tape somehow, trying to figure it out or just playing shit over and over and over, but having to do it, you know, <laughs> play that section, rewind. Ah, shit. I hit rewind too long. You yeah, know, but but, there, you know, but like, it's, it's moments like that, that, have enabled you to be and get the gigs that you have now. It's like, you didn't know it, but Absolutely. you were actually putting in the hours 20, 30, 40 years ago that would <laughs> yeah. literally eventually make you money, you know, later on in your life, you know? Yeah. And so like, you know, I ended up taking on bass because I was in a band and the bass player left. And so when I was playing keys and the guitar player was like, why don't you just jump over to bass for now until we find somebody. And then I just ended up staying in it because I liked it, you know, playing my little $70 PV bass that I got from, you know, used. And, uh, and then I actually really didn't start playing drums until the doing piano stuff, but I'm such a big drum nerd. Like I love guys like, you know, Neil and, Portnoy and but I also like guys like uh, Dave Weckl. I love like jazz drummers and yeah. I love showy drummers and so I love hearing and watching that kind of stuff so I'd study all that stuff so drums really came fairly naturally to me because I could envision you know okay, what's the drummer doing on this song like when I listen to a song 
what are his limbs doing or her limbs <laughs> or whatever. And, and I would just kind of try to mimic that as best I could. It's, it's, and it's yeah, that's how I got around on that. Drum, drummers are a whole, I tell people, people that are pure drummers, pure drummers, not a musician yeah. like, like yourself that plays drums, guys that are drummers right. are, the, right. you're completely wired differently. They hear music differently. They just, everything is so different. And it fascinates mm-hmm. me too, because I look back and I'm like, holy crap, every band that we ever toured, whether we got close with, my yeah. closest friend in all of those bands are always the or drummer. The drummer. <laughs> it's the fucking right. drummer for right. some reason, you know, like every band, That's like, funny. you know, like me and Jason Bittner, who is a, he's a drummer in uh, yeah. shadows fall. And then he played in anthrax and an overkill. And Jason and I have been the real close. Yeah. yeah. Jason and I have been close friends for a long, long time. And him, I nice. got talking about I've that. I've been watching his channel too. When he's on Twitch yeah. from time to time. Yeah. I got him to finally get on there. You know, I was the one to push him. Oh, nice. it. So nice. he, him and I talking, I'm like, dude, I'm friends with my closest friends w- with you. And then Matt Byrne yeah. from Hatebreed and then Skinny from Mushroom. I mean, I'm starting to think and and, 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 and Mercedes from, from Kitty, you know, because I'm starting to interview these musicians on my podcast before COVID. And I'm like, man, all I'm doing is interviewing drummers. And then my buddy Derek, who played in Unearth <laughs> and in Seamless. And I'm like, Why? wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm, yeah, I, I didn't even realize that I have a pattern here. Like, like it's like a, a woman. Like, you, do you have a type? Yeah, that's apparently funny. I, I have drummer. a type as drummers. <laughs> my bromances are drummers. It's so fucking that's weird. Funny. But yeah, but it's, it's interesting inside, you know, a drummer's head because I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I can, I think maybe it's, um, you know, cause on my shows, mine's mostly bass players and drummers too. I think there's a humility that comes with not being, you know, Nuno Betancourt, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something, I don't know what it is, you know, or, or just like, I don't know, maybe that's it. They're just more down to earth folks <laughs> or yeah. something like yeah. that. I, I, don't I don't know, know, man. It's, it's, it's really cool. But, and you know, what, what a crazy, do you ever, I mean, obviously you've had these moments where you're in the middle of like a gig and even after being, being in Vixen for a while or having shows with Corey for a while and then all of a sudden, do you ever just kind of look up and you're like looking over and you're like, wait a minute, I'm like, how the fuck did I just get, how did I get here? You know? Every day, all the time, you know, or when I, there, I mean, I remember going to see Vixen when I was a kid at a um, place called Memorial Hall in Kansas City and try to look up Janet's skirt, you know, and just being a pervert <laughs> in, in eighth grader or whatever. And and then there's times when I'm just hanging out, you know, having lunch with Roxy or something. Like, this is kind of fucking weird still. Yeah, <laughs> because, or, and, and us, you know, becoming friends with Janet and was funny because, like, I had such a huge crush on her when I was a kid. And now she's like my mom. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, do you need any soup or anything? You need food? Can I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I know. Go with your it's, husband and I, go for a walk or whatever you're going to do. I'm good. I had, I had a bunch of moments, but I think my one moment that I always think I'm like, wait the fuck, how the fuck did I get here? And it was the first time we toured with black label society twice. Oh yeah. And obviously we, 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 we wor- guys are so cool. Right. We worshiped <laughs> the ground that Zach walked right. as a kid and all my guys in my band. So when we first got that call, when our first record came out and they're like, dude, Zach Wilds heard your record. He loves the band. You know, like he wants to take you on tour. We're like, awesome. And we got to the first show and like, we just kind of kept our distance and we're like, we're not, we're not right. going to bother him. He comes over and he immediately like, come on, let's start drinking, you know? So, and we immediately just became yeah, exactly. buddies yeah, with around, him. Man. But those, those are the, yeah, those are the days when he used to do that, you know, but you know, um, things have changed, but like we were on, I can't remember. I was somewhere on that tour and every night he grabbed one of us out of the van. He's like, all right, one of you or two of you come stay on the bus with me. Get the fuck out of the van and come live in luxury for the night. You know, and he was That's taking fine. care of us. That's nice. 
Nice. So he, yeah, I had a moment like that too with the band. It was we were running a, um, we were on the road with White Snake for a month, and David Coverdale, right before he would go on stage, he would come and check on us every night. Yeah. Like, you guys got everything. You need. I'm like, it's fucking David Coverdale. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to do that. We're nobody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and we had a, we had a lot of great experiences with different bands, and they made sure of that we're we're okay. You know, and that's when yeah. I realized in this business, like you can you can make a friendship that seems like 20 years yeah, in a matter sure. of like a couple of days when you're with a musician totally. and i don't know I, I the only way i can equate it to people and they're like how does that happen i'm like well i go you talk to guys that go to like you know to war or they're in the military you know and they're in some kind of thing yeah. like that and they immediately there's something about that it, it's the same kind of principle that happens with the music with musicians and some of my closest <laughs> friends are people that I've, that I've only ever really hung out with maybe five times, 10 times in person, but we just became such good friends, you know, yeah. over the years, because we have this similar like life experience that very few people get to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, even talking to you that very first time we kind of connected when I jumped into your stream. I didn't even know how I found you. I think I was just finding, you know, looking on Twitch because I was still new to it. I was like, okay, how does this work? And we were all these people and whatever. And I saw in your, I look in your list and you had like Sustinus by Danzig and some of these weird deep cut shit. I'm like, really? All right, I got to see what this guy's going to do with this shit because this is interesting. You know, and because I, my list is similar to yours. It's ridiculously eclectic yeah. and it has about 3,500 songs or right. something around that same vicinity. Cause I, and I'm, I don't know how that happened. Like for me, it was just, you know, I'm a collection of CDs had over 3000 CDs and, and, and I just was a big fat nerd. And I, yep. you know, my, my bio has always been, I love everything from ABBA to Zappa, yep. literally like yeah. not even when people say, what do you listen to? Everything. And most people lie, but I'm like, no, I, no, I really do. I really do. That's Everything. how I got this. Like I'd sometimes There's, go, I'm like, how do I know this many songs? But I've, I've just been a nerd for so many years. And that's I, all it is. And I also, yeah. it, it, that's where it starts, started with is being a nerd. But as I got older, I realized like, Hmm, I'm going to be more employable or I'm going to get more gigs Absolutely. being eclectic and, you know, like, Hey, you're, you know, I've had days where like, Hey, you got to go play a, a, you know, a, a retirement community or, a, you know, 55 yeah. and older thing for lunch. Can you play, you know, the fifties and sixties and then you leave yeah. there and you go Absolutely. play a cocktail, you go play a cocktail hour at a wedding with all these love songs. And then you get done with that and then you go play the barn and you're, you know, you're, you know, just crushing it out. So I'm like, that's how you, yeah. that's because people come to me like, because before COVID I was playing 300 plus shows a year. I had, you know, 300, right. 325 gigs a year. And they're like, Same. how do you do that? And I'm like, well, dude, you just got to fucking be able to play anywhere, anytime and be able to entertain anyone. So like learn every sure. song you can, even the songs yeah. you may not like learn them. Who cares? Totally. Yeah. I've, there's been plenty of, especially working for a place like how the moon where I'm like, really, I got to learn this terrible fucking radio <laughs> song or, you know, uh, and then you come here and you move here and you become friends that play with some of those people and you don't want to be like, dude, I hate your band and I love you. You know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, shit, I can't, like, well, and it humbles you. And at the same time, it also levels the playing field. And you realize, Hey man, 
everybody, you know, we're, we're all, um, this is how I want to make a living. And if you want to make a living in, in music, there's very few that are going to become like a Taylor Swift or become somebody that's a completely successful band. Uh, but the majority, right. And the majority (laughs) of the people that actually make the music business go around, whether it's in touring bands or bar bands or like anything else, it's like we make up 99% 99% of the the music business is people like us, yeah. you know? So, yeah. And you know, you like the, 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 the streaming thing too was an interesting thing to get into. I just did my taxes because I'm getting ready to buy a house, you know, yeah. and I have to figure out, I had to be like, no, I actually did have a job last year. Sorry. It looks like I'm unemployed on paper, but this is what I did. I made about, the exact same amount of money last year streaming on the internet to right. humans, invisible humans than I, that I did the year before. And I couldn't believe it. I, I know. Like, no like I was, I was doing pre COVID. I was doing really well. Like, like I was like, you know, and when it comes to musicians in this area, like I'm the busiest freaking musician. So it's like nobody mm-hmm. playing more than me. So I was making a good living, but then, right. you know, my accountant and I were just talking recently and she's like, um, you know, I, I let her take care of a lot of things because I'm, I've never really been good with money. So I, I hired an accountant to do kind of bookkeeping and kind of yep. take my mind off a of certain shit. And she saved my ass during COVID because she just had everything in place. Like, don't worry about it. You're going to be good. Do your stuff, do your stuff, do your stuff. Right. Learn this Twitch thing. Yeah. And then the other day when right. we're finishing up taxes, she's like, do you realize how much money you made last year? You know, between yeah. your PayPal, your Twitch, you know, all the other stuff that you had come in. I'm like, no, she's like, you made the same amount of money playing at home, at home and you didn't and she goes <laughs> and you're still like in your growing like i'm watching your income uh, yep. grow every month right. and that's why people are like well you're gonna go back to playing gigs i go i wanted to get away from playing 300 gigs a year i was burnt the fuck out man and you know it's like, you know what it's like man it, it's a grind it's fun but like as we get older and then you're like you're way even if you're away from your kid for like four or five days man it's hard man it's hard yeah you know so like all of a sudden I've been able to transition my business. So now I'm going out to play the gigs that I want to play, exactly. you know, and that's and same, but that year off gives you that perspective, you mm-hmm. know, to go. And I also live 45 minutes away from Nashville. Oh, that's and a, so, so like last drive. night. I was, yeah. So last night I'm doing my interview and one of the guys I play for jumps in my interview goes, I need a bass player tonight from 10 to two 30, nine one one. Can you do it? I'm like, dude, I'm like, really? I'm in the middle of interviewing the guys from kicks right now on Twitch. And you're jumping on my Twitch channel to ask me if I can play a did, gig tonight. Did you, did no, you, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but you <laughs> I'm know, like the fuck home because I don't want to be a zombie today. I got right. shit to do. You got shit to do. And, and by the way, man, I, you talking about kicks. I lived in Baltimore for almost oh, two nice. years. And I went to recording. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I moved down there because <laughs> a buddy of mine, like I went to recording school down there and a good buddy of mine owns a boat trailer company. So I was like, well, I'm going to go work a boat trailer company and then, and then go to recording school. So while I was down there, I dove into the music scene down there. And obviously, I mean, dude, those dudes are the Kings of Baltimore. You know? They are. And they're, at the time they, so fun. they weren't active at the time. So Steve, Oh, okay. Steve, Steve must've been around. Steve, yeah. yeah. Steve was still doing funny money. Yeah. So I would go see that band all the time. Like, dude, what a fucking monster singer. And then right as I was getting ready to leave is then they, they, they were leaving. They were getting kicks back together. You know, nice. So. I was joking. I always joke with him. I'm like, dude, you're 96 years old. You sound exactly the same. <laughs> I know. How does he do that? It's, <laughs> I don't, I don't get people 
I don't, there's certain people I'm like, how the fuck can they still sound like, like someone like Glenn. You've Hughes. gone through a lot of changes yourself though. I did my own research on you. Oh yeah. And too. I, you know, and I was talking to Jeremy about it and I was like, you like, you, you look like you're in the best shape of your life. Yeah, you know, I am. And, uh, cause you look a lot different if you go back to the old band pictures mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was like, that's not the same dude. Yeah. Yes, it is the same dude. Like, I, look at, I actually had to look at your tattoos to see if it yeah. looks like the same Well, the, th- the crazy thing was, is I was prior to being in that band, I look like I do kind of now cause I was a college football player and I played, you know, I was an athlete my entire life. And then I got on the rock okay. and roll and then I got on the rock yeah. and roll and then I just I let my body go, to shit, you know, cause I was right. eating like shit and drinking all the time and doing drugs or whatever the fucking part I was yeah. partying. So now I've kind sure. of go back to where I was originally, but I'm actually in better okay. shape than I was when I played college football. So it's yeah, like, I believe that what, you look great. What, 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 <laughs> what, you know, what a transition, but also I, what I got to realize is that like, Hey man, I'm a, I'm a singer and, um, you know, my body is my instrument and I was watching guys, at least yeah. in my town that were great singers, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago that just didn't take care of their bodies. And now they're like struggling. And I'm like, man, I don't want to have to like all of a sudden at the age of 55 or 60 years old, figure out what I'm going to do to figure out to make money. Right. Because like, you how, can't sing anymore. Right. Cause <laughs> I can't sing anymore. Like what, you know, what value, like, I mean, Am I going to be able to sing like this forever? I mean, I would hope so, but you know, at some time, man, time is going to catch up with you. But so the best thing well, you I get weird do, guys like Steve or Joey Belladonna, for example, both sure. of those guys sound Glenn incredible. H- Glenn Hughes, you know, for Christ's sake. So, you know, like these, these people that like, like, how are you, you're 70 some on years old and you're still singing the song in the original, in the key. original key. Like how? Yeah. Paul McCartney sounded great when I saw him and uh, John Fogarty still sounds great. And, um, oh, Steven Tyler. I saw him not too long ago before COVID. And like, uh, you know, all those songs were the same key, the original key. He, he didn't lower anything and he sounded fantastic. I know, man. It's, you it's, know? it's, 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 a, awesome. it's a testament to like just people that are like, you know, either you're the cutout for it or not. You know, Ronnie James Dio sure. was from Syracuse. He's, he grew up just south of here and he was a legend in right. this town long before yeah. he got the gig in Rainbow. And, right. uh, you know, he was, he was that, I mean, all these cats around here that are older, like they were all friends with Ronnie growing up and Ronnie was just that, that really cool dude. And I remember Ronnie, like always said like, Oh, I don't, I don't warm up my voice. I drink a glass of wine. I smoke a joint. I go on stage, you know, and that was, yeah. that was his thing. And that's like, that was no joke. Like that dude would go up there and just cr- crush it, yeah. you know? And he was what? Five foot, nothing barely, you know, he's a yeah. small guy, you know, and he just could yeah. sing like that all the way up to even to when he was sick, he was still singing like that. So. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was going through a vocal issue and I remember talking to Steve Wyman like backstage. I was like, so I've got this vocal thing going on and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, do you warm up? And I was like, no. Well, that's half your problem right there. <laughs> like, shit. Okay. I guess it's, I'm so bad about it though. I can't, I'm so not good at habitual types of things like that. Yeah. That so, was something I had, I had to learn that. Cause I went out on our very first tour, first couple tours. And I just, I, I didn't do a warm up. So I drank a beer, did a shot, went on stage and, and, yeah. and eventually I was, I started having some problems. Like I was on a show, we did a fly in in Chicago at the Metro yeah. and I love that place. Yeah. And halfway through the show, I went for a note and I knew I wasn't 100% before the show, but usually I was like, I'll muscle through. And I went for the note and nothing came out. I'm like, Oh, nothing. Right. And then I tried it again <laughs> and nothing came out. And then I got off stage and I'm like, 
I told the guys, I'm like, I'm a little worried. They're like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. I went back. I went to ENT and he's like, oh, you're, well, you're, here's the good news. And he goes, you haven't done any real damage yet, but he goes, you're developing, you know, uh, nodes, you know, you got calluses yep. on there, but they'll develop into polyps if you don't fucking take care of it. So I had to go on vocal rest and that's when I'm finally right went, now. Right. And then I finally, and then I went and got um, vocal training. I spent two years just frigging going to a, a vocal coach here in town. And I really, that changed the game for me. And then after that, I was like, man, I always warm up. That's a, I plan on doing exactly that when I get to Kansas city this summer. Cause I, I do have a polyp on my right vocal cord and it's why I can't hit the notes I used to be able to hit. I used to be able to hit all that really crazy. Like I think sweet child and original key, no problem and all that stuff. And then suddenly I couldn't, you know, and I had no falsetto anymore. And I was like really worried. So I went, did the same thing. You exactly what you just said. And they said, yeah, you got to pull up on your right vocal cord, but this is what you got to do. And these are the warmups and all that stuff. And I still can't just, it's a discipline thing, man. No, and I'm is. not great at that. I mean, I warm, <laughs> I warm up almost every day in some facet, but it's also, if I go to the gym or I go for a run and I come back, I'm warmed up. I don't have to do a vocal warm up. Like I realized right, that yeah. like, I don't have to, like my body just want it, Yeah. It's like I physically warmed my body up. So the vocal cords are already yeah. there. It was really huh. weird. So the more I've exercised, the less I have to put into stuff like that. But I also, depending on what I sing, like if I'm singing, uh, you know, just sitting on Twitch and doing stuff like that, it's a little more laid back and I can ease into yeah, stuff you do like that. Seem to really like having watched you now for quite a while. Um, you seem to really know your limitations and know your own voice right. and what you're capable of doing on that particular day or not. Right. Stuff and, like that. And, so. and it, but if I have to go do a show with brand new sin, um, you know, which is very few and far between, we're not active anymore, but you know, we're going to okay. play a few shows, but like when I got to do that style of singing, it's a completely, mm-hmm. then that that's the time where it's like, Hey, don't talk to me for a day. I'm going to do my vocal right. warm ups that day. Cause that's such an, different and aggressive style of singing. I've had those opportunities totally. and I have other, other, when I do those projects, I know it's like, okay, this is a different monster. Yeah. I try to tell people that. And they're like, well, you should get voice, <laughs> yeah. voice lessons. I'm like, well, no, you just got to know what the fuck you're doing. And like, be careful. Yeah, I do an Alice in Chains tribute show that I, I'm a singer. <laughs> and on those days I do the exact same thing. I don't talk to anybody. I yeah. drink so much more water than I usually do. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a and, different beast, man. And I just have to focus, you know, in a different way because otherwise I'll be trash. <laughs> yeah. And it, Lane Staley is not easy to sing at no. all. No, 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 no. Like there's certain artists, like when people request certain songs on my stream or like even in person, I'm like, okay, I got, am I, am I, can I do this? Am I going to be transposing this song down a little bit or am I going to do this in the original yeah, yeah. key or what am I doing? Because, you know, um, you know, I'll sing anything. It just may not be in the original key that it was in, but like there's certain artists that like, no matter what you do, like you, they're so unique that it's like in virtually yeah. impossible. And you have to strain every little bit to make sure that you can get as close as possible, especially when you're doing a tribute to someone like Alice in Chains, you know, yeah. who, who the fuck sounds like lean? Nobody. Right. You know, right. <laughs> nobody, nobody. And dude, Allison Chain's tribute band is ballsy because I've seen bands that try to do it around here and it's like, okay, cool. You can play the music, but like get those harmonies. Yeah, if you don't have those harmonies, yeah. you're going to, you harmonies know, are the best part of it. <laughs> that, that is, that is Allison Chain's, you know, it if is. you don't have those harmonies, then you, it is nothing. I you was know? lucky. I got lucky. The guy that does the, you know, that plays the Jerry role in our band is really good at it. And it, we blend it just, 
just right. <laughs> That's so, awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Well, I know, I know you got to get, you know, you got family time and you also got to do, you know, your stream tonight and stuff like that. I will put everything, the links and everything and all the socials and stuff like that. Like the more I, I dug down the rabbit hole with you, it's like, man, I got to have you on here because it's, it, it's way more than what we know on Twitch is what both of us are because sometimes people see yeah. on there, but there's so much more to, to the, to the, you know, to who we are and what we've done, you know? So it's, it's, it's been well, really, I think it's that's really why cool. I've been, you know, the, there's that weird Twitch etiquette thing or whatever to try to figure out, but like y- your show, I mean, I try, I've, I think I've talked to your, one of your mods or two, or a couple of them over time yeah. trying to figure out how that, how, because everybody has a different method as to how they, decide which which channels to go to or whatever yeah. unfortunately for you or for me or whatever is you're never on as late as i am because <laughs> i go on late you well, know I used to, so i can never hit you right <laughs> but uh i know there's you know, there's certain I, people that we've worked around before you know like someone like venus world who's you know the big uk streamer and she streams you know in the evening over there or the afternoon and like and we've had to like all right how are we going to work getting to her and vice versa and stuff like that. So then we just work, work around it. And that's what we'll end up doing to get you to get us connect because that's the beautiful thing. But like I, I had to find like, where, where's the, where's the sweet spot on Twitch where, you know, the, uh, the most viewership and you know, the money flow and like, you know, what's going to be the best for you and your thing like that. Because I mean, you right. can, uh, it, sure. it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a different monster. It's been so much fun. And, and, uh, and, and I mean, I've met so many freaking musicians. I mean, you and I wouldn't have connected, even though we have like Absolutely. two degrees of separation between, you know, especially someone like Jeremy, someone like Jeremy yeah. Harvest. So big, yeah. big shout out to Jeremy, you know, he's a local cat and I've known him since he was like, you know, basically a kid and he got That's known fine. up here because all of a sudden he was like the kid who got up on stage and played with fucking Soundgarden, you know, like got picked right. out of the audience that was incredible dude you that know and so it got cool. up there and i remember like i'm like this dude i'm like i see him at shows i thought he was just a kid at shows like you know and he's just ripping guitar well, now i throw him up here here in nashville i throw him up with the guys from exodus or throw him up with yeah all kinds of people no and, and, he's and a that, great player and he's a great person yeah he's a great cat and that's why he said like one thing that i plan on doing once like i got to get through the summer because like i play I had all these wedding gigs and I was getting out of the wedding business as of 2020. I was like, okay, I'm done doing wedding gigs. You know, like it, it just consumes too much time and it's, and it's a whole other podcast within itself. But I was like, I have to make up all these weddings from last year. So like this summer is going to be a little crazy, right. but like my plan is when this is said and done, Twitch is allowing me to be able to have a little more freedom in what I do with my schedule. And then one of the things oh, I want to do is to yeah. travel a little bit more, whether it's oh, for cool. pleasure or to freaking, I've had so many of my friends in Nashville for years, like just come down and hang out and just go to jams with us. Like you're the, you could sing anything. You could totally just sit in with everybody, you know? And then I became yeah. friends with Jasmine Kane and Jasmine and I known yeah. each other for I a number of years. Now. And, you know, she said the same thing, like come down, it's fucking jam. You know, it's like, man, I want to go down and just, you know, come down and hang. So we got to do it, you know? So, yeah. and I'm sure we're going to cross paths this summer. Hope, again, barring everything, just everything's looking good. There's a tours being announced left and right, but everyone's got to be like, all right, cool. We're announcing tours, but I, I, do I pack my bags yet? Or do I wait? You know, like, you know, what do I do? Yeah, I, I mean, we start, we start in June. We have three or four dates a month for the rest of the year with more things kind of starting to trickle in. I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. I, I, because th- I think especially so when you tell me just now that 
New York. Like yeah. if somebody like me, if places like New York is going to open up, I think we're going. Yeah, I think I think we're on we're on a good track. Hopefully, you know, let's do that thing. But do you? Uh, I, well, I'm going to put all your socials up. And do you have a do you have a website TysonLeslie.com by any chance that kind of is a hub? Yeah, everything? yeah, this, that just takes me to takes you to my band camp cool. page right now. I don't have an official because that's where you can find all my original music and stuff like that. Right. And then, um, and then all my socials, of course, I'm very active on yes, it. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and I always, uh, re- try to be responsive to people, if, you know, and want anything or whatever. Cool. Well, I will, so, I'll yeah. spread that along and you and I will definitely be crossing paths soon. I re- I'm glad that we finally got a chance to connect and, and have you on. Yeah, me too. So it's, I, I talked to somebody else the other day on, there's another Twitch guy. I'm like, it's good to actually, actually speak with you. Right. I know. Like, yeah, <laughs> Not it's weird. Typing words. Right. Thing. It's weird. Yeah. It's so weird. I met, I met Emily, Emily, Emily is fun. Who is a morning streamer and she's from downstate mm-hmm. New York. And her and I met in person a few weeks ago because she happened to be running a 5k that I was running. So we met in oh, person nice. right before we started running a 5k and then went out to breakfast and then got to have a couple beers together. I'm like, dude, it's so weird. We've been talking That's for right. a year, but like now we're in person. It's, it's, the world yeah. is weird now. The world is definitely weird. So, but I, I, you know, we got, I mean, people like you and I got a lot out of that. Yeah. Um, we've connected with people all over the world. Yeah. So, you know, if, as soon as tours start up, I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm coming to your town. Come yep. hang out with me. Come exactly. get coffee. I've been looking at your Twitch name for years, but I don't know your real name or what you look yeah. like. <laughs> I, I really think, you know, in short is that, um, even though it was a really shitty year for a lot of musicians, uh, if the ones that played the game right in this past year uh, planted a lot of seeds, when this comes out of it on the other side, I think we could see uh, a golden age, another golden age for musicians and for music, because I, I, I really think there's a lot that again, that's a whole other podcast when itself that maybe you and I could chat in about another time. So again, sure. thank you for having, you know, thank you for coming on, man. We'll connect again soon and, uh, and have a great stream tonight, brother. What a cool conversation. I didn't know if it was going to go that long. Uh, Tyson Leslie, as you heard, is just, I mean, he's a hard gun. If you haven't seen the movie Hard Gun, uh, it's on all the streaming services you can find on Netflix or Amazon or stuff like that. Look it up and you get to kind of delve into the world of what Tyson was talking about. There's all these musicians out there that are in the band of all these amazing artists and groups that you've been seeing for years, but you don't know who they are. You're just like, well, that's the drummer for Foreigner. That's the drummer to, to uh, you know, for Taylor Swift. And that's Jason Aldean's drummer or the bass player. And you, you don't think about these people, but these are the cats like Tyson Leslie, man. It's a freaking whole another amazing world that like in this camaraderie and this connection. And then all of a sudden, you know, this person and you know, this person, that's how it works, man. And that's, like I said, him and I mentioned, that's what the music business is really really run on is people like him, people like me, people like those guys like that. They prop up all these other amazing million selling artists and celebrities. So there's more of us than there is anything else. And we're all doing pretty well, man. And, um, Tyson is a monster musician, man, a monster fucking musician. You got to check out his Twitch channel. You got to check out his YouTube and just, you know, if Vixen comes to town, go, go 
don't say hi to him. Tell him that Just Joe sent you. So episode 32 is a wrap. Who fucking knows who I'll have next week and what I'll do, man. You never know what I'm going to have on here. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, again, if you're looking to advertise, this is where your advertisement would be. I'm going to be pushing that a little bit more because I'm getting in the groove, my friends. I'm getting in the groove. Everybody, have a safe week. And when you listen to this, man, I love you. And just be safe. Please be safe. Get back to me safely. I'll see you later. Peace. Yeah. Yeah.